Welcome into the week 16 Yahoo version of the NFL strategy show, Deeper Dive. We're going to go through each and every position here and get you ready for this weekend, all Yahoo specific. Click those links below if you haven't, 10 free dollars. And if you're new to Yahoo, we're going to give you one free month of Awesome Plus Platinum. It's that simple. It's that easy. The three of us are back. It's like we never left. Myself, Terry, and Emac with you for the next hour or so. Tyler's producing. And, you know, here's the biggest question that I have before we can even dive into this gigantic slate with so many question marks about COVID and who's in, who's out. How, what, what's the shelf life of our Christmas-themed intro music? Because I really like them. And look, I'm the person who fights in the household of when to take the tree down, when to take the light. I'll keep it up for 12 months out of the year. So don't go by me by any means. But I'm look, I'm enjoying it. Tyler, Jordan, the producers, they may be sick and tired of it. I get it. But I don't know. What, what's the shelf life of something like this? In my think, head, I, the shelf life of this Eve? is constant. <laughs> Yeah, New Year's, New Year's Eve, Eve, maybe? I walk okay. around my house at home, and I'll be doing it here now, and I'll be doing it at my sister's house later on, just going, dun, 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 just bobbing my head like that, back and forth while I'm doing whatever in my house. It is perpetually stuck in my head at this point, but I do enjoy it. It's not bad. No, Absolutely. I don't mind it at all. That's why I asked. I, yeah. I come from in a sense of I enjoy it. And look, we have some pretty cool original music. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, Emac, I, I don't know. Are you like December 26th? Is the tree out of your house immediately and that's it? My wife had, spends forever decorating. And let's just say I believe we're up to 12 of those big blue bins. They are all numbered. And she has an Excel list of what everything is in. And there's a certain order I need to bring them up. Uh, for her and that is how uh, Christmas is assembled and disassembled if you're uh, like I, four box if you're like four boxes in and she realizes that you brought up the third box before uh, before the second box do you have to bring them all back down and start over again like how does that work sometimes I'm told to to just go do something else so, <laughs> or, or assemble the Christmas village that's usually my job. now are you guys oh, are you guys living real living Christmas trees or you guys go for the fake Christmas trees no, my parents fake, just got fake. the first fake one yeah this is our first fake one ever. And honestly, I really like it. It's pretty nice. You don't need to replenish, way easier. replace. You don't need to go out and hack down a new tree every year. It's a plastic yeah. thing in a box. You put it in the garage or storage, what have you. And good to go. Good to go. Yeah. Yeah, Real quick, excited because they can leave it up for you know weeks. Well, that's another thing, too, is that it doesn't smell if you leave it up an extra month, month and a half. So real quick, before we hit the quarterbacks here, what's the worst, not the worst Christmas song? But what's the worst Christmas song to have stuck in your head for like a day or so? Uh, Christmas wrapping. What's that? The, wait the waitresses. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Think I'll be alone this year. Merry Christmas. Oh, oh you, I know that you, yeah, I know that one. I don't know the words to it. I only know the I only know the hook. So I I I think of a few words here and there. That's probably it. Or or uh, wow. George Michael. Okay. Last Christmas, I gave you my yeah, heart. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that in my head too. I'll give you that one. Terry, give you it have to, to someone have special. Special. What about uh, the old uh, "O Come, O Ye Faithful"? Just because it might confuse people if you're singing that, they might not know That's what you're talking true. about. <laughs> you're out in the public. You better make sure it's known you're caroling. Exactly. Or well, you might start an impromptu party. It might be a good time. Who knows? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It can be dangerous in COVID times, but look, we still be having fun <laughs> by all means. All right, let's jump into it. We'll bounce around. I'm sure there'll be a rabbit hole or 10 to pull us away, but we'll do our best to stay focused. If you're hanging with us, Merry Christmas ahead of time. Hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you're, you know, you're subscribed here as well. So let's jump into quarterbacks and just looking at where we have with Yahoo, there are going to be some pay up options. Absolutely. On this slate, we're still waiting on Jalen Hurts. I can pretty much assure you that he's going to be playing. Doesn't look like Lamar Jackson will play. So now Tyler Huntley at thirty one dollars can be can be interesting. Let's just start there at the top because there isn't really one spend up option. Terry, we'll start with you and kind of bounce around Emac as well. But you've got Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Stafford is in there as well. The one guy that I am concerned about that I'm sure both of you are interested in and are going to get to at some point is Justin Herbert, not because of what I expect from him, but he's the one guy in all of this, including Minnesota, granted, going with Stafford, that has the blowout factor. 
where he could easily be up 27, 28 points at the half against Houston. And now all of a sudden the expectation of him lighting up the slate is limited significantly because they're pounding Houston into the ground. Yeah, for no. sure. It's, it's something that, you know, I never like to speculate too much. I try and let the optimizers optimize, let my projections and the math, uh, you know, math out and do their thing. But at certain points, you do get concerned about that, uh, that type of a thing. Um, and yeah, going up against this Houston team, that's, that's certainly a concern. If they're up a decent amount, you know, how, much, how much do they throw the ball? If they're up a decent amount, do they just decide, hey, we're going to protect our asset here? Eight and six, they're, you know, they're still chasing that playoff spot. So it's probably unlikely that he would just go out of the game and sit. But there's always that potential. If they're up enough, we could see him sit part of the fourth quarter as well. So there's a little bit of scare there. But I think just based on the numbers, based on the the fact that uh, you know he is one of the pricier quarterbacks on the board, but a lot of guys are in similar range. I think I want I would rather take the risk, get the fantasy points that I expect from him here. We're talking about a 64.7% game script adjusted pace number, which is a slight pace up for them. They're normally a 63.1, a 57.5% game script adjusted passing share. So even if they're blowing him out, you also have that factor of if they're blowing him out, he might have already thrown four touchdowns for us already, five touchdowns for Good us. Good point. Already, so who knows? So uh, taking those couple things into account, I'm still on. I'm still on board with them. But yeah, that is definitely a factor. Yeah, and sort of my take on that, he's one of the the three my three favorite quarterbacks, and Austin Eckler is in the is in the COVID protocol. So of course we're going to be talking about Justin Jackson now. Eckler could get out if he's able to pull off two negative tests. He's one of the handful that can that that has will have been put in for a long enough time to make it back out. But uh, it's it's pretty dicey that he's in there. So Jalen Guyton is also out as well. But Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are available. You've got Jared Cook there, and then Justin Jackson does a reasonable impression of Austin Eckler that I don't <laughs> think it's really going to impact Herbert a ton. They don't they aren't necessarily a run first team by any stretch because even when you have Eckler there, he's usually around 50, 60 yards. So they're going to go a lot to the pass anyway. So I feel relatively comfortable that uh that Herbert should be able to get there. Uh the other thing I to do, 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 do that was the main thing. Oh Osimo has him rated an A for points and a C for value. There's not the value ratings. Those will get a little sharper once we know everybody who's out. There are really no salary restrictions today on Yahoo. And you can even work in Cooper Cup at 41, which is the highest right. I can remember seeing a receiver any point this year. He's the number one yeah. on the board. Uh, we'll Across talk about him. Let, wait, let's talk yeah. about him quick. Leads the league in every category you can think of. Okay, we're done with Cooper Cup, but that there's going to be enough discount discounted options that the value ratings kind of go out the window this weekend. Yeah, and, and look, I think that's a great point that we all see on slates, especially with Yahoo, where if you know there's one guy, it doesn't matter if it's Jokic or if it, in this case it's Cooper Cup, where if you know you're going to get to this guy as the spend up option, no matter how chalky he may be, there's going to be plenty of opportunity to save. So Emac, let's start with you and then Terry as well, because I kind of threw out Herbert. Who is the number one guy? doesn't matter if he's right there at the top or if you're looking to find some value, who is the number one quarterback you anticipate getting to the most? For me, it's our guy, Aton. Yes. It's going to be Jalen Hurts. I'm I'm thinking he's going to be fine with the with the, the ankle. So the the key thing about Hertz is uh, so last week he worked over the Washington football team, 296 passing yards and a score. Had two more rushing touchdowns, eight carries for 38 yards. Uh, fortunately, we didn't do any any uh, over unders on that because I would have taken the rushing over like I always do. Mm. He wouldn't have got there surprised for just the third time this season. But uh, he's he's someone who's pretty solid there. Uh, Philadelphia right now is the eighth best record in the NFC East. They are two games behind Arizona. That's going to be real hard to make up with just three games left, but they're smack in the middle of the, of the expanded wild card and uh, could be one of the, the leading options that could potentially get a second, the second week or they could be at home, uh, depending on uh, how things shake out and where their record ends up being. So the interesting thing about that is they got, they must be playing to win in this one back in week 12, the Giants actually held Hertz in check with 129 passing yards and three interceptions. He did have 77 yards on eight carries. That was a 13 to seven loss. I'm not going to put a ton of stock in in that one and, and worry about it because we know where that uh, the fantasy goodness is there with Hertz. 
uh, Aton, if you want to give a little flavor about what it's like to live in Philadelphia and be a Philadelphia fan, I mean, maybe another Gardner, Gardner Minshew side. I don't think anybody needs that. Oh, no, no, no. Live in Philadelphia? This is, be this a is Philadelphia before fan? Christmas oh. here. Oh. We're trying to give people a, a positive, <laughs> some sort of ship, you know, like bounce into the weekend here. You know, I, I don't want to cloud anybody's holiday ahead of time. But <laughs> besides, no, I, this is a Philly guy who hates Rocky. I mean, you know, come on. How much perspective does he really have? I'm telling you, then not the first one. I can respect the first one as a work of art. But look, if if you had, I don't know, fill in the blank, whoever it would be, ridiculous fictional character representing the great historic city of New York, Manhattan to the other boroughs, you'd be just as upset as a movie buff. Both of you as movie buffs as I would here. That's all. I don't need a fictional fictional statue of Rocky Balboa with his arms up like that, you know, representing my city. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's <laughs> it. You know, some cities Hey, look, in lieu of legendary sports heroes, some cities have to make them up. That's all right. You know? Yeah. Look, I, I, you know, the pivot would be the only real statue we have left since the, the Frazier thing was down is because of Nick Foles and Doug Peterson who won a Super Bowl. Those guys aren't even here anymore. So that should just tell you what's going on. But as, as far as Hertz is concerned, I love him this weekend. And honestly, I, I think the, the conversation about what we talked about with Justin Herbert, just this concern about a blowout. Look, they're double-digit favorites against the Giants at home. Regardless of that, whatever's going on, Jalen Hurts isn't going away. And it's really difficult. This is what I love about the Eagles offense right now. It's really difficult for the Eagles to get up on anybody without Jalen Hurts being the reason, if that's on the ground or if that's on the air. And not many quarterbacks can say that. doesn't mean he's better, more valuable, what have you. It just means these particular circumstances with Hurts, it's just really difficult. It's like what we've seen with Lamar, maybe to a lesser extent, but in years prior where he's just such an, a huge involvement in the offense. So I don't think you can go wrong with Hurts, especially because on the board here, $35, you know, you're not paying up much at all for any of the guys above him and the expectations would be there. So I, I love Hertz there. Is there another guy, Terry, that you were looking at that you were identifying at the quarterback spot? I tell you what, just looking through some of these different options that uh, you just mentioned, Lamar Jackson, he's $34. I'm always happy to take swings on him, but he's not really standing out. His projection is fine. There's nothing wrong with that spot. I expect it to be an interesting game, but just like looking at the passing uh, percentages, we've got a game script adjusted passing of just 52.7 on them. We know Lamar as a weapon can do things with his legs and typically needs to, to deliver full, uh, full freight for fantasy. So I like, don't love that option. The one at $34 or really there's two sitting next to each other on this board at $34 are Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Both of those guys at 34 bucks. Mm -hmm. I know Brady's going to be dealing shorthanded, but I think that might just kind of lean into he's going to be throwing the ball more. And I don't really care who he's throwing the ball to a lot of the time. He's still got Gronk out there. He's got some of his weapons. They're going to be limited on the ground. So I like that spot. We've got a 62.7% game script adjusted passing on them. Uh, it's a slight Pace down tick, uh, 65.4 to 64.5. I'm not really going to sweat a 0.9 adjustment in our pace number here. So I think that's one that kind of makes sense to, to at least take a look at. I know it's a low total. I know they're favored by a lot. But I think there's there's reason to believe that Tom Brady can still deliver a decent fantasy score there. Aaron Rodgers, kind of a no-brainer. We already talked about the, the degree to which we expect them to be throwing the ball. We already talked about his major, major weapon in uh, Devontae Adams. I love going to that combination as much as I possibly can in fantasy. And if a lot of people are flocking to that expensive Cooper Cup play despite the price, then maybe I go to the Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams combo a few additional times there. So I think both of those guys are interesting before we drop down into like the $20 tier. Don't forget yeah. that uh, Green Bay is on Saturday. Oh, that's right. I've got the whole board combined up over here. I forgot, but we can talk we about that. Too. There's a Yahoo slate for Saturday. Ago. Yeah, just there talking. is. <laughs> There is, but it, let me it's actually take those know about Saturday. Board, so In case anybody was going to go Baker Mayfield over Rogers, now Terry has set <laughs> you straight. There you go. So you've covered that. Let me take those two games out of uh, out of this board, so I don't do that again. Hey, you mentioned the twenty dollar range, and you know the Giants fan, and you may know what's going on. Is it Glennon? Is it Fromm? Is it official yet? I haven't seen it official yet. I would just expect Glennon. Um, it seems to be that's either way. Do you really want to roster either one of these guys? To be honest, no. Like, but if it was, I, here's the thing. No, and, and it, I wouldn't want to roster Glennon. But 
there is this small, and again, you'd have to be building a lot of rosters and playing in a large GPP. I get that type tournament here with 100, 150 roster uh, lineups. This is not a cash lineup suggestion, nor like a single entry by any means. But if Jake Fromm were to start. It looks like he is as of an hour ago. Sorry to cut you Fromm. off. Yeah, from from as of about okay. an hour ago. So here, just just hear me yeah. out, okay? This this is a small percentage, but you never know. Crazier shit happens in the NFL of all sports. But two things: one, we just saw last week the Washington football team pull somebody out who was bathing his daughter when he got the call. He wasn't even practicing on the practice squad for the Patriots against an Eagles defense that refuses to blitz. Now. I get it that the Giants offensive line is not anything you want to write home about by any means, but there may be a pathway or two for simply a guy with no film like we saw last week with the third string quarterback out there in Gilbert, similar to from where the Eagles defense is not going to customarily in this situation put six, seven guys in stack and, and put Fromm on his back the whole time. They're going to be soft. I know they're going to be soft. That That's what they do. So that's all. It's just a small little thing. We'll move on to other positions, but I was just going to say, if you're looking at anybody as far as a long shot, I mean, look, Mac Jones at 21 probably makes more sense. So I'm not going to fight that by any means. It was just a small little thing. Only a Fromm's going to start. Yeah, and I don't really, you know, I don't mind it from that perspective. From a DFS perspective, you're going to a $20 quarterback when there are $34 and $37 quarterbacks on the board. You're saving a massive amount there, and he doesn't need to do a whole hell of a lot to deliver on that price. The issue is there are so many quarterback options that are probably going to vault ahead of that, many of whom have a lot better receivers that you'd want to pair with. So it just has a cascade effect on what that lineup is going to look like, where I'm going to be forced to play some of the chalkiest expensive players by doing that. You're just going to want to roster the stars. So you miss out on rostering some of those mid-range mix and match type options that help to differentiate a lineup. And then you are extremely differentiated by going to the from play, but it's going with the weakest angle on that differentiation. So like if I was going to a $20 quarterback, I don't know. Does Davis Mills interest anybody? I think he's got a better target, 66.1% game yeah. script adjusted passing percentage in a game with a little bit of a, uh, of a better total. So maybe that's the way to go for a, uh, for a cheapo quarterback for the same price at 20 bucks. We've seen him succeed in, uh, in the recent past. We expect that to be at least a game where they're throwing the ball a lot. Any interest there for either of you guys? No, but you guys have hit on the two <laughs> the two defenses I'm going to be talking about when we get to that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, look, I'm just nice trying focus. to answer with a twenty dollar quarterback, and I didn't want to go with Zach Wilson. And I, you know, it's uh, a little well, thin here. Here's here's one guy, and maybe we can meet everybody halfway, where you're not spending up that thirty seven range, and you're not dropping it to twenty dollars. But we were both, all three of us, were pretty high just now on the Prize Pick show, and a guy in Joe Burrow, especially from a completion standpoint. $30, you're kind of in that middle range against a weak Baltimore defense. And Emac brought it up earlier about how weak they are normally. Now they're down a bunch of guys. Maybe that's a nice little middle round, middle ground there, pardon me, to get with Burrow, Emac. Yeah, and that one is uh, the way he's breaking out on Yahoo right now. He's got a C in projection and C in value. I think that's going to change and, and move up uh, once once we see where all the value shakes out. But right now, Baltimore is missing about half of their defense. Of their five safeties, two are out. One is questionable. Of their five top cornerbacks, two are out. One is questionable. And then uh, they're missing one of their better rushing uh, defensive ends in, or lineman and uh, a linebacker as well and then there's a couple other uh, of the front seven that are questionable so they're running on on fumes right now burrow's got everybody back for all of his all of his top three receivers or everybody available 48 hours before the game covid testing two more rounds of that etc but he has you know a good tight end a good running back in mixon and then three really really good receivers so i think he's poised to take advantage of this so he's kind of on my short list uh of, of the three that i've talked about between him hurts and then uh justin herbert 
Yeah, that one okay. that one makes a lot of sense to me for all those reasons too. And I love the idea of getting to quarterbacks who have good weapons on the field because we're always looking to stack, right? It's kind of what the opposite of what I said about Fromm, where I don't love my my New York Giants receivers very much. I, I thought I was going to like them a lot, but uh, hadn't really worked out. But when you go to Burrow, I just really like the core of receiving options that he's got. So I like the stacks that you can build there down through at least the tertiary receiver. The tight end is pretty decent. So I think that's a, that's one that makes sense. And then the other one that stood out for $6 less, very similar Yahoo projection is Derek Carr, who we also talked about on yeah. the previous show. It's a lower game total by four points or so, but it's tight. It's a one point spread. So it should be a tight, uh, highly competitive game. We've got it at a 62.6 pace, pace number. So a pace up spot for Carr, 61.7% game script adjusted passing. So we're expecting them to throw the ball. That kind of passing volume at 24 bucks, that's a decent discount from some of the other options. I've gotten burned by Matt Ryan so many times this year that I'm not going to him for 25 bucks this week. So cue the Matt Ryan 350 yards and five touchdowns game. But for a dollar less, I'm much more interested in Derek Carr here. <laughs> you know that's going to happen. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's keep it no moving here to the, to the running back slate. And now here's the beauty of it. A lot of the decision-making has been made for us at the top because we can't get to the, at least the top three guys on the Yahoo slate here. And now all of a sudden, guys become a little more manageable from a cost standpoint. So let's look. We've been talking about Burrow, and you mentioned, Terry, the weapons that we're going to look at from a stack standpoint coming up at the wide receiver position in a minute. But as far as just mixing himself, it's not as easy of a matchup as the passing game by all means, but I am wondering if you guys are looking at Mixon as an opportunity to where you can still get great productivity in return without spending even above $30 on this slate. Yeah, I always like Joe Mixon. He's a guy that I get to again and again. I, I like the success he's delivered this uh, this season. Sees all you know all of the relevant snaps on the field. Had 32 touches the last time out. Uh, averages 21 touches a game. Uh, sees four, saw four targets the last time out averages like a, about three looks a game. Just really like him 4.2 yards per rushing attempt. There's really nothing to dislike about Joe Mixon here does a little bit through the air. It's not great involvement in the passing game, but there's a little bit there for 28 bucks. I'm happy to go to Joe Mixon. He projects out well through Alex's numbers. He's not the top, top guy on the board, but hopefully between the price and not being the most highly projected guy with some of those big time values there, maybe Mixon at the higher price slips under the radar a little bit here. So that's a play that I would definitely be keeping my eye on. Yeah. And I think with regards to that one, the game long watchers are going to stay away three in a row with single digit fantasy points. He's only scored mm -hmm. one touchdown in his last three, uh, but the three prior to that, a pair of touchdowns in each one. So uh, I think he's going to be a decent, excuse me, option for a touchdown today. Cause he's, he had in that middle of the season, four straight games of 23 or more Yahoo fantasy points. It just goes to show what his floor or probably his, uh, his potential upside uh, could be there. Yeah, it shows how fickle those touchdowns are, too, and how, how big an impact yes. those touchdowns can have on a running back's production. Especially As we erase them, Terry, he's averaging 13 and a half Yahoo points in those four <laughs> games if he were not scoring two touchdowns a game. It's amazing the difference. Absolutely. All right, Emac, where else are you targeting running backs here on this board? Yeah, so you said the decisions are kind of going to be made for you. The three most popular are going to be Alexander Madison because Dalvin Cook is in the health and safety protocol. We saw uh, on Monday night that uh, their rookie Kenny um, Kenny K or Kenny N, shall we say here, is not uh, quite ready for prime time. They've said that. Now here's a guy heading into Monday night football. He had not, he didn't play, I think for the first like eight or nine weeks of the season. And then they put him in as a kick returner. He has two touchdowns on 10 kick returns. I, I that's not counting the last game. Uh, so he's, he's very talented. Didn't do a lot of running uh, in college. It was more of a, a of a return guy even in college, but um, a four year player. And but they saw enough to draft him. I think he was a fourth or a fifth round pick. But he only got three carries last week. CJ Ham one target. That was it. So even if Alexander Madison is not 100% healthy, I don't, I don't know if he had COVID or, or what, but he's still going to get about 80% of the touches in that backfield. I think we're going to want to go there. The price the price makes him um, look relatively good, even though it's a difficult matchup against the Los Angeles Rams, who have most of their defense available at this point in time. James Robinson going to be wildly popular going against yeah, the Jets. Um, you have uh, him at 26. And last week, I think Daryl Bevel, the interim coach, squandered a 
potentially winnable game there uh, against Houston. He's got another chance. I think this is basically a pick him, uh, even though it's in New York. So he's going to be in the mix. Now he was dealing, I think it was the ankle injury, but he's expected to play $26. And then if Austin Eckler is out, uh, Justin Jackson is just 12 going against the Texans. Texans are a bottom five rushing DVOA. And uh, Justin Jackson does a little bit of everything. He's he's a, your, your punt du jour. So those are going to be kind of the four or five guys that we've talked about that are going to be your mix and match guys. Um, the last one is Ronald Jones. I've been burned and scarred too many times, Terry, to speak about him rationally. I seem to remember him. Uh, was it was it against the football team uh, last year deep? In, it was either the end of the season or it was in the playoffs. I think it was a Saturday game and he like didn't play. He just the coach, he didn't feel like, like it. I don't remember what happened, yeah. but he he just like didn't play. And he was on like, everybody's lineup on that short slate uh, since those games. So so his last 16 games, counting the three games of the playoffs last year, he has in their Super Bowl. He has exactly zero double digit fantasy point games. Ooh, Careful what nice. you wish wow. for here. No wow. Chris Godwin probably going to have uh, Antonio uh, Brown back, assuming he can find his right ID. And then uh, you've got Gronk, but this is a, a really thinned out team. So I'm not overly excited about Ronald Jones. I think it's a Trojan horse. I think you let other people assume that risk, but he's the other guy that's really that's really popping there. Um, Terry, I'm curious on your take on it. And then we've got the last one I want to throw out there for you, David Montgomery. Nick Foles has just been announced the starter for Chicago in Seattle uh, on Sunday. So uh, nice. I don't know if that's I don't think that's bad for Montgomery. I don't know that it's good, but no, you know Nick Foles it's neutral. It's 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 yeah, it's just it's whatevs. But uh, Montgomery is the other guy I'm interested in at 25. What do you kind of like there from Jones and and, and Monty and I don't, would, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm teeing you up for your boy Corderell Patterson too. Oh yeah, that's see now you got to one that I actually like. <laughs> yeah, Cordero's been just so so good all through the season, up to twenty seven dollars going up against that Detroit defense. They're around the average four point three yards per rushing attempt on the season. He looks fine. He doesn't look like a standout standout option. I'll certainly have some. Um, I think it's going to be it's a forty two point game total, so it's not the monster game total that we might be looking for. Uh, Detroit actually looks like their favorite. Unless I put this line in backward, is Detroit favorite in that game? Six. No, oh no, I'm sorry. Atlanta. It's at Atlanta. It's at Atlanta. Yeah, I was. That's why I was melting my brain to see that for a second. But yeah, Atlanta favored by six and a half. I think there's reason to believe that they'll be running the ball and maybe running the ball into the end zone a little bit, but it doesn't pop off the page as a play like some of the value plays on the board. You mentioned Madison for the $16. It obviously makes a ton of sense outside of the Rams running defense, uh, 3.9 yards per rushing attempt, second best mark on the entire board. So you're running him directly into that. That would be the only cause con for concern there for me. I think there's, I think he's healthy enough if they're going to put him out there that we can go to him. The guy, that you brought up, Ronald Jones, no comfort level for me whatsoever with Ronald Jones either. I believe that he's got talent. I believe that he can produce. I just don't know how many shares of it I want, how much of a risk I want to take. That said, over the last two seasons, 2019 and 2020, it looks like he did get over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, yards per touch, 5.1, 5.2. So, I mean, he does have the talent to get things done. I wish he was at a better discount. I don't think 18 bucks is necessarily enough of a discount if he was down in that, you know, that $14 range, especially if he was down in that $12 range, but even even take two more dollars, put him at the same price as Madison, I might be a little bit more interested. I just don't trust Ronald Jones enough here. Montgomery, I'm fine with He's just kind of like a mid-range option at that $25 price, and you're running him into the 3.8 yards per uh, per rush attempt that uh, Seattle's got there. So that's the best mark on the board. So that would be the only ding to him. But I, I'd be fine taking some shares of Montgomery, but probably wouldn't go over the field for him. All right, let's move on to wide receiver spot here. we got a, a bunch to look at, especially as we brought up a couple of quarterbacks from a stack standpoint. And Cooper Cup is just the obvious one. Emac brought him up at the start of the show. Not a ton to really get into there. But if you are looking at Cousins, or maybe this is the reverse element of the stack here, where it's like you're going to roster Cousins as a quarterback simply because you really love the matchup, let's say, with Jefferson, $32. So there is a little bit of a break. And even getting to some lineups with Cup and Jefferson don't seem Emac like it's too big of uh, an, an ask right there. But we talked about Burrow a ton 
Jamar Chase is the number one option for Burrow, only $28 really on this slate. You've got a, a couple of interesting options here, including Tyler Lockett, who's back, expected back now with DK Metcalf struggles there, all the way to maybe a sneaky Renfro play at $25 since we brought up Carr earlier. So a couple of options we can get to from a stack standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if we let the receiver uh, kind of lead our stack, I think obviously going with, uh, with with the two guys in the Minnesota game with their respective quarterback, Stafford and Cousins, uh, is, is a good way to go. Still don't know what's going on with uh, Adam Thielen. He was questionable going into Monday night, even though he hasn't he didn't play. He's questionable going into this or practice. He's questionable going into this game. I don't think he's practiced as of yet. They've said they won't that they will play him without having had practice. But this feels like if he comes back too early, it could be just a decoy type situation or he's not going to be 100%. Now, I don't think it Mm. hurts Justin Jefferson if Thielen is back. It probably helps him just a little bit because at least it's somebody else that's accountable. And they're he's got good hands. He's Maybe he's not running anything more than short routes and he's going to catch it and fall over, uh, Thielen that is. But that's just one more person the Rams defense has to pay attention to. And that that just is only going to help Jefferson, in in my opinion. Jefferson's basically second second in almost every category to Cooper Cup, who uh, took over the lead with twenty. Uh, the only category Cup was behind uh, Jefferson in heading into last week was catches of twenty or more yards, and Cup took that over. He had he's up to twenty four. Jefferson didn't have any in the last game. Uh, he's still at twenty two, but Jefferson's pretty much second or third and in every other category. So I think he's phenomenal uh, at 32. Deontay Johnson, somewhat interesting at 23. Not a great game in the last one. Uh, I think Big Ben had like 150 or 160 passing yards. Uh, Deontay, I think he had five targets last week. Uh, I think all all but three games, he's had double-digit targets. He is, uh, let's see, one of the people that I think is uh, potentially going to go somewhat overlooked. Now, the half PPR on on Yahoo doesn't make him, um, you know, super standing out. But if I wasn't looking to put one of the the Cincinnati Cincinnati guys who are similarly priced with Burroughs, or if I'm not playing Burroughs, you kind of start to look at at Johnson there just a little bit because he is is the volume should at least be there and he has some touchdown equity as well. Um, so that, those, those would be kind of my core guys in the middle. And then Antonio Brown at 23, assuming he's yeah. going to come back. Uh, Deontay's a pivot away from him. Yeah. Brown's a lot of sense, but it's definitely going to be a, a heavy target for a lot of people. So what about you, Terry, as, as far as any type of, if it's maneuverability, maybe in that 20 range or just looking at the top outside of cup. Yeah, so in that range that we were just looking at, you know, there's a few of the Cincinnati receivers in the 20s. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned one of them coming off the top. You mentioned Jamar Chase coming off the top at 28, and it was something that I talked about when we brought up Burrow. I just like going to quarterbacks with multiple options, and especially when they come at different price points, right? And I think they're all good receivers of, of, of course, varying talents. So you get Chase in that option in that offense at 28 bucks. A couple spots down the board, less than a half a fantasy point away for $22, I can have T. Higgins. If you go down the board a little bit further for $15 and only taking two and change fantasy points away in the projection, I can have Tyler Boyd. So I'm just going to be mixing and matching and combining a lot of these different pass catching options when I go to the Burrow stack here. And I really like what you can do with those prices. Those are aggressively low prices, on, especially on Higgins and Boyd. And I think 28 is, is a decent number for, uh, for Chase and his talents there. I agree with what Emac said about the Deontay Johnson call. I like that one. I think he's going to come up on their own just because people aren't going to Ben very much. And it's just an uncomfortable spot with, you know, how, how lousy he's been for the majority of the season. I love the idea of going to Justin Jefferson, but he's $32. So, you know, maybe I dedicate more of these shares. I start looking toward like a Keenan Allen at 27, a guy who pops off the page in terms of where he's projected compared to these other options for the money. And I think for the talent as well, it's just a matter of the quarterback that he's playing with the offense he's playing in is DJ Moore, a guy who sees, easily 10 targets a game. He's averaging, all right, averaging 9.4. I made a liar on myself, but for the most part, he's seeing 10 targets a game. So 10 the last, yeah, exactly. 10 each the last couple of weeks. He was in the 11, 12 range for a lot of weeks over the course of the season. So I think there's plenty of meat on the bone in terms of targets. 
if he gets one in the end zone, that's going to be an easy spot to pick off for that $17 price tag. And similar story around Brandon Cooks. I mentioned that Houston passing game earlier with Davis Mills. It's not a spot that anybody likes. It's not a spot that anybody's overly comfortable going to considering the quarterback, considering the state of that team right now. But when you've got a target monster like Cooks. Cooks is, I think he's in the COVID protocol. Oh, did he go in COVID? Yeah. All right. So we still have him uh, on the projection board here. So, all right, scratch Cooks. That's my bet. We'll get no, him out yeah, of the no, I think, I think it happened this afternoon. There's the latest yeah, test results are starting in. to trickle out today. So Yeah. 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 I saw that it's a bunch were popping up as we were getting ready. How yeah, fast this stuff changes. So turning right. the NFL into the NBA. So all right, scratch the scratch the uh the cooks play there. Well, cross um, him off. <laughs> cross him off then. <laughs> so uh a guy that uh, I just landed on as I was just kind of clicking down the page here, uh, Odell hiding down for $23. It's, I would expect maybe like more of a 21, like 20. I know I'm nitpicking on the price here. I would expect it to be a little bit lower, but I don't hate the $21 or the $23 price on a guy playing in a game that's got more than a 60% passing lean and a guy who's, I think, a very, very talented receiver and has gotten a little attention since, uh, since landing with that team. So I don't mind going to that play, assuming he's not also in the COVID protocols. You know what's interesting, though, about the, the whole approach with the Rams each week, and, and this is, you mentioned, the, the 60% pass lean, is there's always going to be the cup stack, right, where you play that with Stafford and you roster anybody else, if, especially if you're going to 2-1 where you're running it back with somebody else. But then there, the other approach is the Rams stack minus cup, where it's like, that game flow where everybody else, because that would be it. It's either Cup's going to dominate or maybe there's focus or maybe he just has a, a lower game, what have you, and then everybody else would pick it up. So you could theoretically go with the Cup stack as one and then the counter Cup stack, which would be Beckham and Van Jefferson here alongside Stafford with the expectation that if Cup ain't getting it done, then most likely a combination of those other two guys would. And now you're really countering the field there who's going to get to a lot of cup. Yeah. And we've got a 30% ownership projection on cup. So, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal play. I've been running a Yahoo crunch in the background here. Just spit all over my monitor. I don't know if you guys can see that on camera. It's pretty sweet. No, <laughs> um, I've been running wait, a wait, Yahoo wait. crunch. Your, your cup runneth over. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. That's we, it. End the show on that one. That's that it. Sound We're out of here. Live. Good, ready to go here. We'll get the sound oh. trombone. <laughs> so, oh man that's amazing <laughs> so in running this uh in running yes. this crunch in the background we had to get out to about 250 lineups with no changes the only changes i made were forcing a stack forcing a run back and limiting um players from a single team to two unless they were stacked with the quarterback so in that configuration we had to get out to more than 250 lineups before cooper cup came off the board if we're using no randomness just running quote-unquote optimal lineups and that was using a whole hell of a lot of Pat Mahomes with Byron Pringle as the uh, primary quarterback receiver stack getting 100% of Alexander Madison in as the value play running back and then building it with some of the other guys that we've talked about around the edges but that's how frequently Cooper Cup comes up in these optimizers that's how strong a play he is despite the price in terms of the projection comparative to other receiving options but to your point if you want to leave that 30% ownership on the shelf, you can immediately get differentiated in your Los Angeles stacks by going to an Odell or just throwing Odell into some of these, uh, take this Pat Mahomes lineup, replace Cooper Cup with Odell. You've got some savings now to work with. So I could maybe upgrade like a Josh Jacobs. I could upgrade like an Eagles defense. I could upgrade some of these different things. Maybe you want to keep the Eagles defense against my lowly giants, but you can do some interesting things by making that change where you're saving on ownership significantly and you're saving a lot of salary. So you can upgrade some of these other spots in that lineup. So I just like making pivots within the same stack, within the same offense to a very talented, much lower owned receiver. It's kind of like what I was talking about with Cincinnati. Yep. So real quick, Emac, I want to get your thoughts on a scenario and it's kind of on the same vein of what Terry just brought up and just get a little bit deeper on the wide receiver position. And I think this is an interesting way to kind of look at it with Kansas city. Let's assume Hill and Kelsey are both out you mentioned Pringle earlier, Terry. So now, Emac, we've got Hardman and Pringle who significantly jump up, we expect, in target shares alongside Mahomes, even in a viable two-wide receiver stack if you're going that way here on Yahoo. But both guys are super cheap as well. Hardman 12, Pringle 10. If, in fact, we'll assume that Hill 
and Kelsey are out. Do you anticipate getting to this type of stack much? No. And here's why. Do you know how many career games of 100 yards or more Mikkel Hardman has? My guess is a big fat stake. Zero. None. Nada. And as much as we've liked him and he's had the opportunities, uh, you know, not the volume, but the concentrated opportunities over the last couple of years, he's just kind of fallen out of favor. It just doesn't seem like it's quite going to happen for him. Uh, is he fine as a punt for 12 bucks? Sure. But if, if Kelsey and Hill are out, let's think about this. How often have we been annoyed by them disappointing and they're both putting up top three numbers at their position? How do you think these other guys are going to do uh, in their stead? Probably not great great i would sort of lean to pringle somewhat he seems like he is on the ascension but i don't know that either is a phenomenal option punting sure getting them in some of your lineups not a problem getting more than 15 or 20 percent not on this weekend when there's so many other options i mean think of how many bad games that uh pat mahomes has had recently and we're now we're chasing these guys let's no let's 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 be smart uh, on this, I think it's worthy of discussing discussing them, but I, I think we want to temper expectations. The other thing that's interesting with them, there is a slight chance that Kelsey could um, get two negative tests. I don't remember which day that uh, Tyreek went in. Uh, he may be behind him because there there people You're started right. coming in. Got the better chance. Right. So Kelsey has a chance of making it out, yep. uh, but but I don't know that Tyreek will. Two things on that. Every. Everything you just said about the KC offense makes me want to roster that stack a little bit more um, because I think that's going to be the prevailing thought out there, right? And we're still getting Pat Mahomes. We're still getting, especially with Pringle, a guy who I think is pretty talented. So if people are going away from that for those reasons, I think that's kind of interesting because Mahomes is still projecting out very, very well for us. He's expensive, but his receivers are cheap. So we're getting an interestingly stack, uh, an interestingly configured stack in terms of the pricing. You don't have to go to Mahomes and a Tyree Kill who also costs $28 or something like that. You can get cheap with going to Pat Mahomes. And if ownership starts getting stripped away from him because of some of those things, I kind of really like that. I think that's very intriguing, actually. Um, if you're yeah, not and, and going just to, to, if, to add to that, Terry, you you always are, are correct when it comes up to the leverage. I don't think it's going to be one of those where we're not going to know where it lands until Sunday. So it's hard yeah. to tell. But those are, that's an excellent academic point. If people really start thinking about it like me, we preach nothing but leverage and probabilities here because – Yes, DFS is one big math problem. Life is one big story problem. Wouldn't it have been nice to have DFS as a subject to study in algebra? Yes, absolutely. I probably would have been better at math, but we didn't. But now we get to. And that's where it's it's important to remember and understand these concepts here. And Terry always does a great job of bringing these up. Um, Atom does an excellent job of talking about them with parlays and stuff like that as well. So, you know, it's this is the stuff you want to know. We don't want to talk about our feels and, and our leans and who used to play for a team and somehow magically is going to do well against them. Right. Those are, yeah. it's fun to talk about it, but, mm-hmm. but come on, we're here to make, he doesn't, he doesn't try for the $8 million. He tries because he hates these guys that he used to play with. Yes. That's right. I always, I always <laughs> love the revenge narrative. So, exactly. <laughs> just real quick. Does, does that lead you yeah. to any shares? If you're not going to the Casey passing game, does it lead you to uh, Edwards Alaire at all? No. Okay, because I saw him popping up a little bit in some of these crunches. You know, what's you know, what's just so difficult is just the no matter what you see week in and week out, it's just so difficult to trust Andy Reid to stick to the run, even if Hill and Kelsey are out. It just doesn't for me automatically mean that they're up. And look, if they're up by a ton of points, which is likely against Pittsburgh, I get it then maybe that plays into it. But even still, it's not an automatic lock that they're just going to run the clock out for the final you know, 18, 20 minutes of a big lead. So for me personally, there's always that in the back. There's that cloud of doubt in the back of my mind that no matter how much it may just be funneled to read to run the damn ball, he still is going to be stubborn and not want to do it. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. The reason I asked is because he's he's relatively fairly priced. He was coming up a little bit yeah. in the crunches in some of the ones where Mahomes didn't get to. So I was just wondering from you know from the uh, the thought process if anybody was landing there. But uh, I think I would come down to saying Edwards Alaire. Yeah, from that perspective, I don't hate it. Like from a DFS concept wise, I don't hate it. 
it's I'm going to go the opposite direction that Emac was just talking about and just kind of inject that I just don't tend to win with the guy and he never seems to perform for me. So I don't love it, but it's one that if it comes up in these crunches and they come up and they sort well for me, I'd be happy to take. So I'd be, I'm going to be curious to see where the shares end up on that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, anybody else, Emac and Terry, if not, then that's fine. We've got uh, another 10 minutes or so to wind down so we can talk about from the tight ends, defenses, even get back to a couple of stacks we didn't hit on. So is there anybody else at the wide receiver position that you would like to touch on, even if he's a one-off that you're looking in a game that you like the matchup? It's not necessarily from a stack standpoint. Emac, Terry? No, for me, I think we hit it pretty good. I've got a couple of tight ends that I think yeah. really stand out. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we got to hit, including my guy for sure. But I was just curious, you know, mopping up the wide receiver position. That's all, Terry. <laughs> Um, let's see. Yeah, I get, I mean, oh, I get always Ross St. Brown, Terry. What do you think about him at 16? We've seen a couple good games now. Quarterbacks, uh, I don't, no it's golf. not going to be, uh, uh, oh god, now I've forgotten his name. Yeah, already. no, no, Doyle, golf. Tim Doyle. Golf. Come on. I was going to say full, all I could think of was fulls, and I'm like, weren't all isn't everybody traded for each other on all? Yeah, um, no everybody golf, yes to Doyle. That's the simple <laughs> equation here. Yeah, <laughs> but Amon Ross right. St. Brown going against Atlanta. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't hate that. Yeah, seven yards uh, per pass attempt for the uh, Atlanta defense, one of the higher numbers on the board here. Uh, if we look over in terms of targets, four last week, 6.3 on the average. Certainly, uh, there's some there's some ability there. I would just I'd be concerned about the guy throwing him the ball uh, a little bit. You may get yeah. swift back too, which, which could complicate that, targets. Yeah, good point. Yep. Another reason, another reason to consider that a guy that I'm looking at, uh, at $14, a guy that's popped up a decent amount in recent weeks. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, is back off the radar is Jacoby Myers. I know we're not necessarily going to a ton of the Mac Jones stack, but he came up a little bit when we were talking about the cheap QBs. And I think a guy we didn't talk about in terms of the uh, quarterback stack was Josh Allen on the Buffalo side. So I think as a run back play, Jacoby Myers is also going to be pretty relevant at that $14 price if you're going to Buffalo stacks. So just to throw him into the mix, I think he's interesting. Um, looking down the board, I think if you're going to that uh, Pittsburgh KC game, and you don't want to go Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool is always going to be interesting there. Mm-hmm. Um Jerry Judy, maybe as a run back on the, if you're going to the car stack, like I'm just kind of looking at some of these guys as, as how they would fit into lineup builds as run back plays. Um, Kenny Galladay, certainly for $11. If you're going to the, uh, to the Hertz stack and you need a, a, you want a giants receiver coming back. I think that's, there's a lot of talent in Kenny Galladay for the $11. Has it delivered for the giants money this season? Certainly not, but it's, I believe it's still in the body. So maybe you get to him. Uh, if you're going to the Buffalo stack, Emmanuel Sanders has been under owned for his talents all year long, $14 on the board, probably a fair price for what he's delivered this season. But I think he's just a guy who's just not gotten any love from the public whatsoever. So you can always pick him off at like 5% ownership. I'm not looking at the actual number, so don't quote me on that. But I think at that right. price, he would probably make some sense. Sounds great. All right. So we're winding down here a couple of minutes left or so for tight ends. We'll touch on because, you know, Emac already mentioned he's got two defenses that he wants to get to. But I, look, I'm curious. You guys I don't even have defenses in, in my spreadsheet. <laughs> don't worry. You, you can 15 percent. The chips fall where they may, Terry. The chips Bingo. fall where they may. <laughs> exactly. So I'm curious, though, you guys are actually the perfect two individuals on our entire network here to ask this question. There's nothing going on. They canceled that Hawaii bowl and no sports today. We have to wait for the NFL, the NBA, everything to pick up tomorrow. So you have all the time in the world to do absolutely nothing today. Give me your go-to Christmas holiday movie that you can sit down for three straight viewings. Now, granted, nature calls, nature calls, that's it. But you would be like under a camera and microscope. You can't leave the couch. So don't throw something out just because it's a cool answer. We're going to hold your feet to the fire and make sure that you could legit sit and watch this movie three times in a row. Terry? I will go with the the easy, obvious meatball. I'm going chalky on this one. I'm taking Christmas vacation off the board. I did it at Thanksgiving. I literally watched it twice in a row the day after Thanksgiving because they did, they had it on 20, for 24 <laughs> straight hours on TBS. So with commercials... The day after Thanksgiving, I watched it two times in a row. So I'm confident I could do that again. Wow. Emac? 
Yeah, I, I I would agree. It's gonna it's gonna be Christmas vacation. That would be the one. Really, I, you can't give me another one. There's like well, I'm gonna say I don't here. mind planes, trains, and automobiles. That's kind of a Christmas movie. movie. Yes, uh, it is. You know, that's Uncle a, that's Buck a Christmas movie. is kind of a winterish type I movie. I think I think those are those are fine. And then um, Christmas. Story? I couldn't watch it three times. Oh God, I can barely watch it all once. But probably it's a wonderful life, or at least the last thirty or forty minutes of it's a wonderful life. Maybe the first twenty minutes and the last forty minutes of a two, no, a two this, hour and thirty minute movie. Tyler is Tyler is mocking. Tyler's mocking suicide and disgust at that choice in our video window here. God, yes, he did not like not that one. With that, it's a look, This isn't okay, like when you, you know miracle, in. miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, either the original or the the, the most recent remake in the nineties. Not that crappy one that they remade in the seventies. That was horrible. No, and no, I imagine no I'm not looking at chat right now, but I imagine chat is just the words "die" and "hard" just over and over and over again because everybody. No, likes no, to no, die hard. By bad all Santa no. jingle all the way. That's, I haven't seen no, uh, bad Santa good. That, that's that's Santa, Santa good. That's Santa, yeah. Jingle all the way. Very underrated Christmas movie. Die Hard. Look, Die Hard is as much of a Christmas movie is, as Planes, Trains is. So those two, I yeah. think, are very underrated ones. Yeah. All right. Look, nobody's going to fault you for choosing no, 20, 30 minutes of a movie. But I mean, come on, John Candy, Steve Martin. Do you know how cold it is? So he turns and looks at him. One. <laughs> when they're driving and he turns into the devil. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. How would he know where we're going? <laughs> Who was that? Was that Zucker Brothers? Was that a Cohen special? Who or was that uh Harold? No, that Rins? was uh that was uh what's his face? Um from uh he wrote everything, John Hughes. Hughes, yeah. John Hughes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Just curious. Just curious. All right. Let's let's hit a couple of tight ends. Just wanted to make sure if anybody out there was looking for a movie suggestion. The reason why I say three times in a row is not because either or both of these guys are going to go watch that three times in a row, but you, you know, know from thing. two movie buffs, they're going to give you a suggestion that's really going to come from the heart here. All right. Hey, if anybody's looking to binge a series, just real quick, I'll I'll bang it out real quick. Yeah. If anybody's looking to binge a series that you haven't started yet, The Expanse. It's on Amazon. All six seasons. They're just started season six. They're like two or three episodes into it. It's a sci-fi show. It's fantastic. People call it Game of Thrones in space. It's not really what it is, but it's somewhat along those lines. Just a lot of politics and a lot of like different groups of, uh, of people. There's Earth, there's Mars, there's uh, the, the asteroid belt, and uh, they all go to war with one another. It's a fantastic show that nobody watches. There you go. And now is the day. Today's the day to take advantage <laughs> of that, by all means. So thank Terry. If you're deep in the expanse three seasons before you blink, uh, let's look be. at the tight end spot. We'll assume Kelsey is out here because clearly if he's playing, then that's the, the go-to. There's a no-brainer with that. You can counter ownership all you want here on Yahoo. But let, let's assume that Kelsey's not playing. And now you have Mark Andrews. Clearly, you know, we have to figure out what's happening, the quarterback situation there. If Huntley's trending, that could impact. Two guys are down for Tom Brady to throw to. So now all of a sudden, Tom, Rob Gronkowski at $24 makes some sense but let me just stick up for my guy here in the sense of dallas goddard you saw that last week against washington there are plenty of opportunities for this eagles offense to just turn him into a number one receiver and feed him the ball the giants defense is atrocious sorry terry but i I think goddard more so than anybody else on the eagles if you were looking to stack somebody else with hurts and we're getting to hurts a lot I would just stick up for Goddard, especially since you're saving six to four dollars with that. But let's look at it that way. Emac, I know you have a couple of guys, Terry, as well at the tight end spot. Yep. So the, the you hit on the two main ones, Dallas Goddard at uh, I think he's at 20. Yep, he's at 20. So uh, even if Jalen Hurts is ruled out with his ankle issue, Gardner Minshew was actually under center when Goddard had his best outing of the season in week 13 when he had 105. Yards and two touchdowns on six catches last week with Hertz under center. He had his second consecutive 100-yard uh, performance. Then you've got Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews is top eight in the league, not tight ends, in the league with mm. 122 targets, 1,062 uh, yards and eight touchdowns, and his 85 catches ranks 10th. He is basically having the Travis Kelsey season of last year. So for me – I'm um, I, I'm with you on those guys in terms of their their talent and, and all of those things. The concern for me on both of those guys is the ownership projections we've got on them. Both of those guys projected around twenty percent ownership. Uh, they're going to be coming up quite a bit um, because they're 
probably everybody's favorite receiver for those two quarterbacks that I think a lot of people are going to be looking to play. So there's a little bit of concern there. Or, uh, there's a little bit of concern on that. Two guys who are lower owned that are coming up quite a bit for me, uh, Rob Gronkowski, who uh, Aton mentioned off the top, primary weapon for Tom Brady. Everybody kind of forgot how much he loves to throw touchdowns to Rob Gronkowski, yes. I think, coming into this season. And yeah. Gronk, for the year, averaging 6.9 targets over the last four games, he's seen either eight or nine targets in all four. So lots of like there, especially with other weapons coming off the board for them. So that's one I'm definitely interested in, uh, in taking a look at. And then beyond that, it's really just a mix of, or excuse me, the other guy that came up a lot was Kyle Pitts. I mentioned not wanting to go to the Matt Ryan uh, combination very often, <laughs> but Pitts for all his talent, he is, uh, he's at a reasonable $17 this week and only a 12% ownership projection. So for shaving down the ownership by going to that for cheaper, I'm intrigued by that. Maybe I get him without going to the Matt Ryan play, although it looks like it came up a little bit hit Matt Ryan and Russell Gage came up a decent amount as well uh, outside of those guys it's kind of a mix and match board a lot of guys just came up in I, I capped it at 15 percent for tight ends a lot of guys landed in that six five six seven percent range so in there we've got like uh, Dawson Knox Hunter Henry Jared Cook Tyler Higby all guys I'm happy to get to Noah Fant all guys I'm happy to get to a lot of guys that just kind of go along with their stack or fit in just I've got x to spend I can plug in this tight end uh, real quick because uh, I know, Emac, you want to end with a couple of defenses, but Stephen Leibowitz on chat throughout camp, great. So, Terry, Emac, if you have – and, again, this may be just a simple pivot away from Gronk. I love him as far as a sneaky anytime TD play, but that's a bet. That's not relying on him to carry my DFS lineup. I don't mind that. Looking at the targets, four last time out, uh, four, one the week before that, four and six, and then three, saw four uh, a couple times while Gronk was out. So I don't mind that call, and especially with that just weird TD upside. And you know, you know, Brady also does like to throw those weird TDs and keep guys involved. So that's definitely one that could be on the board and <laughs> would definitely be sneaky to uh, to the field at large. So I like that call. It's pretty good. Yeah, probably looking at a ceiling of around eleven. But if you get that at ten bucks, and and the other yep. guys get. 14, 15, 16, 17, not going to kill you because you're going to have a different line of construction and ideally make up the points uh, elsewhere, potentially. At defense. All right. Yep, Take question. us home, Emac. couple of defenses uh, to keep an eye on. All right. Philadelphia Eagles, they're not great on defense. You're absolutely right. They have the same Seattle philosophy, bend, don't break. Did you know Seattle is allowing the sixth fewest points in the league this year? That seems shocking, allowing a boatload of yards, but not scoring. Uh, but for me, it's going to be the Eagles going against Jake Fromm, who's just announced the starters. At this point in time, the Eagles currently have 20 of their 22 uh, two-deep players available. Can't say that about that many teams out there. Continuity, uh, well, I guess, because a lot of teams are missing, you know, a third of their of their two-deep. And then the other one is going to be the Chargers at Houston. Uh, Davis Mills has only been sacked five times in the last three games. He has just one interception. However, four starters and their top backup tackle are all in the COVID protocol for Houston. So my let's go Bolts. <laughs> Probably a good call. Davis Mills, my uh, my quarterback in the – well, not my active quarterback, but I drafted him in like the sixth or seventh <laughs> round of our uh, Dynasty League this year and uh, when we are only drafting rookies. So that – Maybe that one pays off a little bit when everybody was excited about some of these other high-end quarterbacks. My I have nothing really right. to contribute my about of Mike Glennon is not working in that league, but I did. I did no, pick so up. Uh, I did pick up the uh, Baltimore guy today. So ah, sharp. Yeah, I actually have to look at make sure everybody's in for my team. I think they're all playing, but uh, yeah, playoffs. I got to actually pay attention. I had the buy last week. You know, not to pat myself on the back. <laughs> no, I, look, I had to buy two in the awesome OC league, but then I realized three, three quarters of the league isn't even checking their lineup. So <laughs> I don't even know what to take from this. That always helps. I had two weeks. The, the dynasty one is a super flex. And I had two weeks where <laughs> I had no second quarterback starting. And fortunately, neither did the other person <laughs> I was playing. I got really nice. lucky twice. <laughs> Just nice. looking at uh, looking real quick at how the, the crunch came out with the defenses. Like Emac said, I cap it at 15% and just kind of let fly. I give everybody some randomness and I'll take it. Brings the cream to the top. The top end, uh, the guys that hit 15, the Eagles, the Chargers, the Falcons, the Seahawks, and the Raiders were all over 14, between 14 and 15. So those that would probably be my core of defenses. And then I'll take whatever values and other teams I get. Got it. Got it. All right, look, man, this, this was awesome. We appreciate you all out there hanging with us for the last 90 minutes. Thanks to Awesome for letting us do this. 
And I have to say, a lot more content than I expected. I, I thought the three of us would be deep into some Scorsese rabbit hole, like 20 minutes into the first show. <laughs> but uh, we all stayed on point, by, which which gives me hope that the three of us can do this again now, moving forward and make it a staple. They might let us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Make sure you're following at Digital D21 at EMAC DFS for Terry and EMAC on Twitter, respectively. I'm at Shander Show. Thanks to Tyler for producing. Look, those links below, before you get out of here, make sure you click them. Ten free dollars just to play with. You can get in that million-dollar jingle baller for only a dollar, 100K to first place. And if you're brand new to Yahoo, we're going to give you that free month of Awesome of Plus Platinum. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. I hope everybody gets what they're asking for. Terry, Emac, I hope Santa gives you guys what you've been asking for all year. A new car, right? Yeah, fortunately, Dude. I only want coal. <laughs> coal. Be careful. It worked out really well, for, man. Works out. <laughs> you set your expectations that low? Exactly. And then I can behave however I want throughout the, the, the year without worrying about it. It's perfect. Been doing that since oh, I was a kid. Man. Congrats on your new Porsche, Emac, for Christmas. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I'm actually getting a, fit, a new Fitbit that I'm on Fitbit two. Apparently they're on Fitbit five now. Nice. So I think it's time for an upgrade. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, <laughs> congrats, brother. Thanks again to everybody. We appreciate you hanging with us again. Hit that thumbs up button if you haven't and have a great holiday Christmas weekend.